your four-year-old can discover the joy of learning. Waterford Upstart is a proven effective pre-K learning program that includes fun songs, games, and activities that prepare your child for success in school. We provide all the tools you need to help your child learn to read, including a coach, a computer, and internet access. And because it's already paid for, it's free for you. Listen, uncomplicate the way you do pre-K. Enroll today at waterfordupstart.org. At Kroger, we believe it takes the right team to bring you the freshest produce. That's why we partner with farmers who grow only the best. And that level of teamwork means better, fresher options time and time again. Working with farmers is what it takes to be fresh for everyone. Kroger, fresh for everyone. When you're a Boost member, you get free delivery, double fuel points, and lots more. Sign up at Kroger.com boost. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. I am Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I'm your host and your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the Exxon. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. The Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern right here on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and our good friends with iHeartRadio. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com, and to find out all about the programming we have available for you 24-7-365, visit www.xzbn.net. My first guest tonight, Exxon Nation, is Richard Estep. Uh, he is in Boulder, Colorado. He first got involved with the paranormal research going back to 1995 in the United Kingdom after attending an overnight investigation at, this, at the infamous St. Botolif's, I believe, uh, church. He spent the next five years investigating the haunted hamlets of Great Britain as a member of Andrew Wright's, uh, Lang, uh, what is it, Leicester? Leicester. All right, Leicester-based team. Richard co-founded Boulder, Colorado Paranormal Research Society with his wife, Laura, after relocating to the United States in 1999. Richard's work has been featured on TV shows. And um, if you'd like more information, visit him online at www.richardsestep.net. Uh, Richard, welcome to the X-Zone. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. What was your, what was your interest in the paranormal? <clears throat> well, I grew up in a uh, haunted house. Mm -hmm. My grandparents' house was haunted, or at least so they told me. And... Uh, I found that fascinating from a very early age. What kid doesn't love a good ghost story? Uh, it just so happens that some of them are true. What was your first experience with an actual ghost? Uh, that would be when I first started paranormal investigation properly. And uh, I would believe that was 1995. I went out to a, a church called St. Botolph's Church in Lincolnshire. Uh, most people know it as Skidbrook Church. And it had developed quite a reputation thanks to a book called Ghostbusters UK, uh, which detailed how a former team had visited that location and been chased out of there by some green mist that rose up out of a despoiled grave. So when I had the opportunity to, to join a local team and, mm -hmm. and go and do what they did and, and learn a bit of the trade, I jumped at the chance and never looked back. Now, when you did the investigation at the same church, did you see any of this green mist? No, we did not. Uh, and... Uh, 
I'll be honest with you. I thought that the uh, the account that I read was mm-hmm. a little hard to believe. It was very Hollywood. Right. But I'm sorry. No, no. I, I was just agreeing. That did sound very oh. Hollywoody. It did. So uh, I thought, you know, still, I would like to give it a try and see mm-hmm. what's what. We did have some good, uh, interesting anomalous activity. And perhaps one of the, the creepier incidents that occurred was we work in pairs, as most investigators do, mm-hmm. uh, to provide a set of corroborative eyes and senses. And as a colleague and I were walking around the corner of the church, somebody came up on the radio, one of our fellow observers, and said, hey, who is that behind you? Who's the, who's the tall figure behind you? Uh, of course, we turned around and there was nobody there. And this investigator swore that they had seen a tall hooded figure follow us around the corner of the church. Any idea who that tall figure was? I mean, not a specific identity, but um, mm-hmm. there are a couple of theories. I mean, one was that uh, it may have been uh, a monk or, or some kind of uh, holy person. Uh, alternatively, we knew that the church had been desecrated and despoiled um, there were signs of satanic worship all over the place, and uh, it may have been the apparition of somebody involved with that. It's impossible to say for sure. Tell me about your upcoming book, The Devil's Coming to Get Me. So The Devil's Coming to Get Me involves one of my most famous, ca- uh, favorite, I should say, cases of late. Uh, it's a location in Iowa called Malvin Manor. Malvin is a fairly small town. Um, it's it's classic small town USA, in fact, And uh, this is a former hotel which was built in the late 19th century in order to service the railroad. So businessmen traveling back and forth across the U.S. would uh, take a stop in Malvern for the night. And it was quite a local um, hotspot. It was a community center where people would go for events, those kind of things. When the railroads were overtaken, pardon the pun, by the highways and Mm -hmm. people started traveling more by car, the hotel became a, uh, a medical retirement facility, and it was where people who were suffering from addiction, uh, people who were um, needing you know, extra kind of care or senior citizens, people with mental illness, all kinds of, of uh, people with special needs of one sort or another would um, be placed. And that ran until 2005 when Malvin Manor finally closed down and was left uh, abandoned and basically left to rot. Turned out that the place had a reputation for paranormal activity, and when it was purchased uh, by a gentleman called Josh Hurd and some colleagues of his, they began to investigate and found, sure enough, the paranormal activity there was thick and uh, coming thick and fast. And I'd always wanted to visit that location since I'd seen it featured on the TV show Paranormal Lockdown. Mm-hmm. Why do you think the paranormal is so uh, popular these days? Well, on the one hand, it's it's become a form of, uh, of tourism. I mean, paratourism is now an, an entire industry, isn't mm-hmm. it? I know that growing up during the 90s, if you went out looking for ghosts, you were regarded as a little bit strange, a little bit odd. Uh, but now there is an entire cottage industry built around ghost tours and ghost vacations, ghost weekends, those kind of things. And I think people have a deep fascination with the paranormal. We, we all want to know what happens to us after death. And the idea of perhaps meeting that face-to-face, people find that a very appealing and thrilling prospect. What they don't realize a lot of the time is that much of our time is spent uh, waiting around in the dark with Mm -hmm. a whole lot of nothing happening. But don't you think that it might be a little... If there is actually life after death, and Mm -hmm. I'm saying if because up until now, after doing this show for 28 29 years, I've seen absolutely no evidence whatsoever to substantiate any claim that there is life after death. But let's say there is. The mm-hmm. fact that people keep going to the same location uh, and turning turning these, these former people who are now in spirit into a tourist attraction, isn't that a little disrespectful? I would say that it depends upon your um, approach. So, yes, I'd agree that in certain cases that can absolutely be true. Mm -hmm. Um, I think most serious investigators, though, approach it with a genuine sense of curiosity and affection. Um, I know that uh, in the case of Malvin Manor, Josh, who oversees the the ghost tours there, he's very protective and very fond of the entities there, even when some of them don't seem to be particularly fond of him. And it's an opportunity to keep some historic old buildings alive, which would otherwise fall into ruin. 
uh, and and allow the stories of some of these people to be sustained and told. I've got mixed emotions when it comes to keeping these 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 events going, just uh, as strictly as a, an entertainment venue or a or a tourism attraction. Mm-hmm. I, I my my inner feelings and the way I feel about people, whether they're alive or dead, are it mm-hmm. just doesn't meld. But to find out people are charging other people to to get thrilled in these locations, to me that that is, you know, that you're 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 preying on the dead. I think that that's certainly one approach you can take, and that's that's a perspective that. Mm. I wouldn't necessarily argue with. And again, I would say that it all comes down to how you approach it. Um, There are many such cases where the researchers are trying to make contact, trying to gather evidence and establish contact. So I'd also say to you that in 29 years, you've seen no evidence that there is life after death. So how can one be preying upon the dead? Out of sheer respect for the possibility that there may be, in fact, something to it. You know, so just in, just in case it's it's kind of disrespectful, you, you're saying. Well, for example, if you commit blasphemy, nobody's ever seen God, yet why would anybody commit blasphemy and, and you know, curse mm-hmm. him out? They don't out of respect. So if, well, I, in fact, there are dead people that are walking around, whether they're trapped on this side, as, as, uh, as ghost people say, or they don't go to the light, or they stick around for one reason or another— I think that there's a bit of disrespect here when these locations where there are allegedly all these different spirits hanging around that are being used for entertainment purposes. Well, I think in the case of blasphemy, again, one has to believe in God for that to be a possibility. Right. Um, I think it's also in a field that is very, it's full of drama. Um, I think it's important for us all to respect everybody's right to their own beliefs, even if we don't respect those beliefs themselves. Especially when there's a buck to be made, right? I'm not sure I follow. I'll be back. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break. Exo Nation, our guest this hour is Richard Estep, and he is in Colorado. And uh, his website is www.richardestep.net. And we'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on TV plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games, No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. 
You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Richard Estep is our guest this hour, Exonation. Richard Estep. Net. Richard, I, I, I guess what has, what gets me about this entire uh, ghost uh, research when it turns into a tourist attraction, when it turns into a money-making business, to me, this, it, as long as there's a buck to be made, people are interested. It's it's the scare factor. It's the thrill. Um, I, I I've been on so-called ghost uh, investigations and it's a giggle fest you know people go out they expect to be scared they expect to be haunted you know you go to the to the haunted pubs the haunted bars the haunted graveyards why anybody would want to go to a graveyard when they're dead i have no idea but that's where they go and the people that i've met who call themselves researchers have no real research or investigative training whatsoever so how can somebody from the outside looking in say, you know what, I can understand what these guys are doing. How do you, how do you tell the credible from the non-credible? Well, firstly, I think I agree with you. Let's talk about where we can find some common ground, sure. first of all. I definitely concur with you on graveyards. Um, I think that the, the vast majority of them, nobody really dies in a graveyard. I don't see why they would be haunted. Um, accounts do come in of that, of haunted graveyards and I've always been mystified as to why. Mm -hmm. So I can certainly agree with you on that. As, as regards credibility, a lot of it depends upon what you consider to be your standard, your bar for evidence. Where do you set that bar? Because we all set that in, in different places. You well, know? And one person's evidence is somebody else's. Well, let me, let me, um, let me qualify what I call evidence. I'm a, for, I'm a formerly trained criminal police investigator. Mm -hmm. That okay. is my background, law enforcement investigating crimes. If you're going to call yourself an investigator, then you better know what the hell you're doing. I, when I, like I said, based on what I've seen, evidence would slap them in the face and they wouldn't know they're getting slapped by evidence. Well, let's talk about that then. Uh, first of all, as a criminal investigator, you have prisons full of criminals that have been studied. Criminology is a recognized, accredited academic pursuit. Right. You know, you you have textbooks, you have degrees, yes. all of those kind of things. Right. Un unfortunately, there are no facilities full of ghosts that we can study. Uh, and indeed, there are many people that will say ghosts, spirits, the paranormal, call it what you will, don't mm -hmm. actually exist in the first place. We can all agree that criminal behavior occurs. We cannot all agree that uh, there are such things as ghosts, spirits, entities, call them what you will. Sure. So already it's a pretty fraught field. If you're expecting this, um, if you're if you're setting your standard of evidence as something that can be reproduced 100% of the time, reliably in a lab, unfortunately, I don't think that's currently the case. I understand. I understand that, and I can appreciate that. However, crime cannot be replicated when you arrest a suspect based on the evidence that you collect in order to make that arrest and get that conviction. You can't replicate that in a, in a, in a lab under scientific conditions. You have to follow the evidence. And what I'm saying is that 
with all the investigators that are out there. And right in Southern California alone, there are over 1,500 some odd different paranormal investigators that go out trying to find evidence with 1, every... 1,500, um, that's a very specific number. Well, yeah, because... Why did that, what's your source on that? What's my source? It's called a yeah. database, a database. You know, so you, you, so, you... I'm sorry, I didn't realize there was a database of specifically all of those paranormal investigators. Yes, there is. Oh, great. If you'd send me a link, I'd really appreciate it. It'd be a good resource. Sure. Okay, but like I'm saying, if you've got all these researchers, all these ghostbusters, all these paranormal detectives that are out there, and the paranormal has been investigated for I don't know how many hundreds of years, how come there's no evidence to substantiate it by now? Again, we keep coming back. It's a circular argument at this point, isn't it? Because what, what we speak of when we speak of evidence, we're not agreeing on. All right, so what do you consider evidence? Well, let me give you an example. Sure. In a number of cases, I've been in a room with two, three people that I know. Mm -hmm. uh, we've run voice recorders, mm -hmm. asked various questions, and you will find the phenomenon I'm sure you're aware of. It's called the EVP, the electronic voice phenomenon. Sure. We will get voices occur on those recordings which do not originate in that room. All right. Now, but, there are, there are people will tell you these are stray radio waves, mm -hmm. you know, stray cellular signals, so yep. on and so forth which is a possibility a certain amount of the time. But then when those voices are somewhat interactive and seem mm -hmm. to be answering direct questions, that makes things a whole lot more complex and harder to explain. But how do we know? Like, I, I've, I've been with other people who do not partake in the belief that there is or there are ghosts out there. Mm-hmm. And we have been brought into a room that is mixed with believers and non-believers. Mm -hmm. The believers hear EVP voices. They don't all agree on what the EVP is saying, but they hear something. Mm -hmm. The believer, the non-believers, hear static. Well, and it's interesting, the phenomenon is audio pareidolia. It's, it's a well-documented scientific phenomenon. You see it with your eyes, you hear it with your ears. Mm -hmm. The human brain wants to make sense of apparently random patterns. Yep. So this is why we can look at a series of shadows and see figures and faces. Mm -hmm. It's why we can listen to static right. and hear apparently meaningful sounds. But, but those, those sights and those sounds cannot be quantified as evidence. By your standards, you're correct. They By can. the scientific community. The By only, the standards of the scientific the community, only people who take I these, agree with you, they cannot. The only people who take this as evidence are those who believe. Now, how do we know that the, not, the scientific community is wrong or right? And how do we know that because of the belief of the paranormal investigator, they are so willing as so wanting to collect evidence to prove their point that it isn't a mind play that is an effect here oh it's a de it's a definite potential exists for bias mm. um and one of the things i've learned doing this for 26 years not yep. quite as long as you've done the show but still and i would say that this has become a life lesson for me as well so it it ex extends to many areas of my life is this sure the the more certain somebody is on this or any other particular subject, mm -hmm. the, the more concerned I am about that person's information and what they're telling me. It's not a bad rule of thumb. And, and there are people that will, that will border on fanaticism when yes. it comes to, to this. You know, I'm sure you've met them. Yep. You know, I can tell you all about spirit manifestations. The afterlife looks like this. Mm -hmm. uh, an apparition manifests in this many stages. There are spirit orbs, all those kind of things. And they will tell you this as though they've conducted you know, a peer-reviewed study and proven it beyond all doubt. Yeah. And, and you know, it's unfortunate. On the other hand, though, you'll get those uh, people who are skeptical that say this stuff simply cannot happen. Despite the millions of experiences documented throughout human history, every single one, going all the way back to ancient Greece, every single one of those quote-unquote ghostly experiences has a non-paranormal explanation, and therefore this stuff cannot and does not happen. And you find certainty on both sides of the divide. Now, I think personally the truth of it is somewhere in the middle, which is where you generally find the truth, isn't it? Well, not really. If you're conducting an investigation, the truth is at the end of the trail that is secured by the acquisition of evidence. 
Evidence has in the past, again, going back to the criminal system, evidence has also hanged more than a few um, innocent men and women in its time, hasn't it? Sure, it has. Just like just like paranormal investigators have made claims that later uh, later on have proven to be hoaxes, frauds, schemes, mm-hmm. or just a way to make money and to get themselves a claim. Absolutely. And? I'm sorry, and what? And, and go on. I'm, I'm, I'm still listening to you. I, I agree with you on that. Oh, great. No, I, really, that's where I'm resting it. I'm telling you that I don't believe in the extremes of either side of this argument. I don't think with our current state of physics, mm-hmm. our understanding of science, we're in a position to definitively explain what people refer to as ghostly activity. I don't think we can explain it or explain it away either, 100%. But, but what happens in the future if the phenomenon that so many in the paranormal community believe is real is proven to be nothing but nothing scientifically proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that there are no ghosts? Well, in that case, number one, if it's definitively proven beyond mm-hmm. all shadow of a doubt... Yep. I think that you will always have those people that will accept no standard of proof. In other words, there is nothing you can say to them that will convince them that that's the case. Why not? Because they're so emotionally invested in believing it, they've built their entire worldview around it, Mm -hmm. that it becomes a core part of who they are. In fact, the world would be so, you know, I I would say the same thing is true of religion. You have people that believe so completely in any given religion that you care to name right um that it's become a part of their identity and there is literally nothing you can say to those people to convince them otherwise but let's let's say for a moment that uh, the vast majority of people do accept at one point in time Mm -hmm. there is no such thing as as the paranormal there are no ghosts there is no survival of life after death right um or if there is that's not what we're dealing with right well, I think then it's going to have some interesting implications for society in general. Sure. But overall, we'll keep ticking along as we always have. Those that won't accept that kind of truth won't accept it. The ones that are as intellectually level and honest as they can be will say, and this is also how science works, as you know, they'll say, I've been mistaken. Yeah. The evidence is now definitive. The jury is now in. And uh, great, I've got to modify the way in which I look at the world. Richard, stand by. We've got to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Exxon Nation, Richard and I will be back as we continue talking about ghosts, hauntings, things that go bump in the night, and much more. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. AVS Media. You have heard of the Exxon? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, 
Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God, and finally, After the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. All right, Exonation, are you a believer or are you a skeptic? Send me your emails, exxon at exxonradiotv.com. Um, Richard uh, Estep's our guest this hour, www.richardestep.com, and he is the co-founder of Boulder County Paranormal Research Society in Colorado. Um, besides the EVPs that, that you yourself have heard and... Um, you know, that you and other people believe are the communications of spirits or those who have survived death one way or another. What other evidence have you seen yourself uh, that is out there? Well, then we come into the realm of one of the most contentious aspects, which is the personal experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I think work in this field for long enough and most investigators or whatever you choose to call us, I believe Ghostbusters was the phrase you used earlier. um, We will tend to have strange personal experiences, things that we can't explain away. Either we see something, hear something, feel something. One of our five senses experiences something that's difficult for us to explain. How has uh, the, your, your, your keen interest and, and your enthusiasm uh, within the paranormal, how has that changed your life? Uh, I mean, when I say that, uh, do you find yourself getting more involved in it? Do you, do you find yourself uh, looking to see how you can better investigate it and, and how you can acquire the evidence and the proof that you're looking for? Well, it's generally changed my philosophy to my approach towards everyday living. Really? And again, as, as I think I said earlier, you know, it, it's taught me that certainty in many aspects of life is so much harder to find than we would like to think. It's taught me to beware those who claim they have the definitive answers or claim that they have all of the answers. If you would not have been raised in a house that that is haunted, would your interest in the paranormal be as as strong as it is? I don't I don't believe it would be the case. In this particular instance, I had reports from both of my grandparents. Mm-hmm. And my grandfather was an infantry sergeant. He fought in the Second World War in Burma. Right. Um, and this was not a man that was given to flights of fancy sure. or imagination, you know? Yeah. He was a very down-to-earth, gruff. We called them the greatest generation for a good reason, didn't we? Yeah. So so that was him, you know? And uh, he didn't hold truck with any of this stuff until it started happening in his own house. So not only his testimony, but that of my grandmother and those Mm. of my aunts and uncles. So hearing those stories personally from people that I found to be very credible definitely ignited my my interest and passion. I don't know if I would have had more than a passing interest if I hadn't um, been part of that environment. But you see, I can understand that and I can appreciate and respect where you were getting your information from. 
you know, the type of people that that you were raised with, the you know, you're the the sar the sergeant in the army who, you know, who like you said took no gruff. Mm-hmm. But when you're watching the the TV shows, when you're watching the uh, the the research that I'm not talking about all groups here, okay? I'm talking about a majority, not all groups. How they how they proceed and, and how it's turned into a circus and, and a a comedy at the same time. How mm-hmm. how are people who are not as involved as, as you are, and, and I'm sure the other members of your team uh, who go out and do it to the best of their abilities. Mm-hmm. How was somebody from the outside supposed to take this entire genre seriously? If I'm not they, saying for a moment that they should. But but is is isn't that what we would like? Is that there are set standards, ways of doing things, and instead of making it into a comment, uh, you know, um, a comedy fest or a or mm-hmm. something else, act professionally when you're doing it. Now, go ahead. That no, that that's all I wanted to say on that. I just find it rather disrespectful to the dead because the the groups that I've gone out with, you know, they they turn it into a a, a, mm-hmm. a mockery, you know, challenging these ghosts, sure. these spirits, and I, I just find that you know you've got to be kidding, guys. Come on. Well, Rob, again, this is something I can see eye to eye with you on, yeah. and one of the problems that this field has always suffered from is. If you, uh, well, let's use a personal example. I make my living as a paramedic, have been uh, in emergency medical services for 15 years. And I've got to say something at this point. I thank you for your service. You're welcome. Thank you for your service to law enforcement. Um, I was just resisting the urge to say, if you send me that link, I'll send you some donuts. I do love our friendly rivalry (laughs) with our brothers and sisters in blue. Uh, Um, But so... Now, we say somebody's a police officer, whether it's in London or in Denver or in Ontario, there's a basic skill set there. There's a a minimum standard of professionalism. There'll be differences that vary between regions and organizations. You know, the same is true of a firefighter, isn't it? The same is true of a doctor, a nurse, or any profession you care to name. Right. Unfortunately, you can, and this includes me, um, you can set yourself up as a paranormal investigator with nothing more than a, a free website and your own business cards and a K2 meter. Exactly. And I've met, uh, I've met yeah. paranormal investigators who do not know the first thing about reading a K2, Peter, uh, K2 meter properly. Well, there is no regulating body. There is no authority that oversees it. It's not actually a profession as such. Right. That being said, one can choose to behave somewhat professionally. It's not glamorous. Therein lies the problem. And we tend to find that many people do drift away from this field when they realize that so much time, if you do this right, is spent chasing poor, poorly insulated wires. It's spent looking at a person's medical history and realizing that several of their medications can induce hallucinations. Right. Those kind of things are not glamorous. Yeah. They're certainly not as... Uh, as exciting or sexy as somebody on TV, you know, waving an EMF meter around and, and then they use the magic D word, right? The demon. Yeah. Everything is a demonic entity these days. Um, because that's what sells. That's what gets the ratings. And unfortunately that's the state of the field today. And it's very much a double edged sword. On the one hand, it's brought ridicule down upon us. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, it's spurred a, a mass public interest in this field that I don't think we've truly seen since the aftermath of the First World War. Well, I must say, I, I admire the way that, that you proceed and that the way that, that you look at things in the paranormal. It's, it's, a refreshing, it's a refreshing way that I have heard in such a long time. Well, thank you. I mean, in medicine, we talk about certain things that are a diagnosis of exclusion. And with your background, of course, you're very familiar with Conan Doyle and Sherlock yep. Holmes mm-hmm. and, and the great detective's axiom that, I should say the fictional great detective's axiom that once you eliminate the possible, whatever remains, no matter how improbable, must be the truth. We're in the business, or should be, of eliminating as much of the possible as we possibly can. So once again, if somebody listening to us tonight says, you know what, I love the way that Richard thinks. They go on the internet, and there they have 
hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of paranormal investigator websites. Mm -hmm. How do they know where to go to get the right information in order to conduct themselves as a credible paranormal investigator? That's a good question. And again, I think one has to choose one's role models carefully, which is again true in all aspects of life. I always encourage people that genuinely do um, want these kind of answers and are willing to invest some time. I encourage them to do it themselves. Mm -hmm. I encourage them not to listen to somebody or or view them as an expert simply because they have a TV show. Yeah. And I also tell them that you mentioned the money in this field. You know, you're absolutely right. There is an industry in in selling ghost gadgets that that makes tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars each year. What you, when you look at the early investigators, eminent scientists like uh, Sir William Crookes, Sir Oliver Lodge, you know, um, or again, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who, as we have to admit, was hoodwinked a number of times himself. Yes, you But was. you look at the equipment that these guys had, and they really had little more than a pen, a pencil, I'm sorry, a, a pad of notepaper, right. and an inquiring scientific mind and a willingness to ask the difficult questions. You do not need to drop hundreds or thousands of dollars to do this somewhat credibly. Um, to give you another example, Rob, as, as a firefighter, that's been invaluable. I should say former. I retired last Christmas. But as a firefighter, what's been most invaluable to me is it gave me a good knowledge of construction and how buildings behave. So if you are willing to look at the way air flows through a building, mm-hmm. the way that the structure expands during a warm day and contracts at night, if you're willing to study the minutiae of stuff like that, you'll find 90 to 95% of the answers you're looking for. It's that remaining 5%, give or take, that that keeps this field so fascinating and intriguing. You know, the statistics when it comes to um, paranormal investigating, when it comes to Bigfoot research, when it comes to UFO, ufology, the statistics mm-hmm. are all the same. You know, when you, look, when you take the, you know, that, that 5% unknown factor, it's mm-hmm. all the same. And, and with all the new equipment that's available, you know, everybody's mm-hmm. got a cell phone with a camera. You've got the night vision cameras. You've got mm-hmm. the different uh, spectrum cameras that are out there. Still, no smoking gun. And I think so this is what perplexes. Sorry, I think this is what perplexes everyone out there who is not embedded in the paranormal. Now, I've got to take my final break. Please stand by, Richard. Exonation, Richard's uh, E-step, S-step. I'm sorry, Estep is our guest, and um, his website is richardestep.net, and we'll both be back on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. X-Zone? Now watch it on Simultv, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simultv. Simultv offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. 
Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Exposé Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades, there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. I'm William S. Peckham. If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings. Slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From Out of the Woodwork will take you from 1899 to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www.williamspeckham.com. Richard Estep is our guest explanation, www.richardestep.net. Um, so how come, Richard, with all the non-members of the paranormal research community who don't, who don't deliberately go out on a, on a regular basis looking for evidence of the paranormal or life after death, they have cell phones that have cameras and and even the investigators, like yourself, I'm sure, have all the new modern uh, photography and video equipment. How come, once again, in, uh, you know, I, I've never seen any, any video footage or any photograph. That may, may I, I'm sorry, Rob, may sure. I paraphrase you? Sure. I've heard this said many times, and it's a brilliant point. With Americans, Canadians, Britons, whoever... We're all on camera more times a day now than at any other point in human history. So where are all the good ghost photos and videos? Exactly. So, yeah, absolutely. It's a great point. Um, when I consider this kind of stuff, I always, I, I've come up with an intellectual exercise that, that works pretty well for me. Okay. If you could somehow transport your great grandfather to your house today, just it's a logic exercise. So bear with me. And let's say you were able to take him to a hospital. Now, when assume that he was a physician or worked in medicine in his day, just over, let's say 100 years ago, the concept of some of the advanced techniques we have of imaging, of mm -hmm. MRIs, of those kind of things, absolutely alien to him. Yep. You know, go back 200 years, antibiotics, X-rays, okay. absolutely incredible. In fact, go back far enough and it borders on witchcraft or magic. Mm -hmm. Now, those have always been properties of nature of the natural universe it's only relatively recently that we as a as a civilization or as a species have been able to harness them but go back far enough and those x-rays are, are witchcraft how can you possibly see inside a body how can you flip on a tv and see tiny people in there mm -hmm. when we look at our frame of reference scientifically uh -huh. i think that currently our scientific frame of reference is not mature enough or developed enough to explain the phenomena we're trying to investigate. So even the best paranormal investigator you care to name uh, is, is really nothing more than a child groping around in the dark, trying to capture evidence with every tool and technique at their disposal, doing the best that they can. I think that when this paradigm, this enigma, I'm sorry, is finally solved, it will be several hundred years from now with technology that we have not yet matured or even be begun to conceive of. That's, that's, a good, that's a good way of looking at it for the pro side. But let's look at it from the other side. 
let's say 20, 30 years from now, mm -hmm. 40, 50, 60, 70 years from now, no evidence is found. What is it, a matter of waiting for the right technology to be discovered to prove something that for hundreds of years has not been proven? We're not talking about medicine because when you're talking about medicine, when you're talking about electronics, when you're talking about broadcasting or any other major invention, we're talking about people working together for a common cause. We're not talking about hobbyists who, who decide to go in on, a, on, a, on an expedition to try and prove that something is real. Because why are there not members of the scientific community working on this, this uh, aspect of reality called the paranormal? Well, there are very few. I mean, most of the major academic institutions studying it mm -hmm. closed down their facilities. I mean, for a, for a true academic, the answer to that is to even profess an interest or a belief in the paranormal or the possibility of it existing is is to be disparaged and it's to encourage ridicule and it's potentially career suicide. Why so, do you, why do you think that is though? If 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 there is something out there. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't well, I, the scientific community want to be involved? Because it would open up an entire new door of, and way of thinking. Well, this sort of research was going on through the 70s and 80s, and funding eventually dried up. I think some parts of academia concluded there was probably nothing to it. Mm -hmm. I also think that the popularist image, the ghost hunting TV shows, have really not helped. Because who wants to be associated with that if you're a career academic? And frankly, I can't say that I blame them. But this is one area of, um, of endeavor that is, is being tackled primarily by, as you said, hobbyists, because really nobody else is doing it. The experiences continue to be reported, so they can be ignored, they can be laughed at, they can be disparaged, they can be pushed into a corner, um, or treat them however you want to. Okay. But if the professional scientists aren't mm -hmm. going to, to look into them any longer, having already concluded these people are all mistaken or mad or drugged, or, or call it what you will, then they're going to go unheard. And, and a lot of people, especially those of us with an interest in the field, want to keep asking those questions. Now, you can certainly quibble with the way we go about it. That's your prerogative. But the fact that more research is needed, I think, cannot be argued with. All right, so let's say that, that it is discovered that ghosts are real. What will it prove? And how will that help mankind? It's so tempting when we say the word ghost, it's a loaded term. We all think spirit of dead person. We think survival after death, don't we? Yeah. But there are more intriguing theories. I mean, it's, it's I think, equally possible that there is uh, an interdimensional aspect to it. Mm -hmm. I think it's entirely possible that there may be, in some instances, cases of time slips. In which case, you know, we're actually seeing some kind of naturally recorded image of an earlier time and that there's nothing to do with, with the spirits of the dead at all. There are so many potential um, explanations right. that I think the quantum physicists would have some amazing insight into this. I don't know what it will prove because, quite frankly, I don't know what most of these phenomena mean. And after 26 more years doing it, I'm, I'm more uncertain than I was at the beginning. Because you answer one question, or at least you think you do, and you end up posing three or four more. It's quite maddening. Um, if, if we're talking about the spirits of those who have lived before, let's just use that as an example. Sure. Why are there not reports of ghosts of Neanderthal men, Neanderthal women, or dinosaurs, because I've heard of reports of horses, of dogs, and other mm -hmm. animals, no, but I haven't heard of a report of a dinosaur, I haven't heard of a report of a Neanderthal, and anything between. So why is it only modern-day ghosts or ghosts of soldiers, ghosts of, of uh, Native Americans or Native Canadians, with nothing prior to that, is there because there's a shelf life of a ghost? That's a great question, too, and it's one I've often pondered. I'm by no means uh, do I have an encyclopedic knowledge, mm -hmm. but the oldest um, ghost site, in other words, the oldest ghost that I've heard yeah. uh, was at the treasurer's house in York, and that was a column of Roman auxiliaries. 
marching through the basement. So that would make them something like a thousand to fifteen hundred years old, I do believe. And, and how many and times have these ahead. these ghosts been been seen? Well, that's a great question. I mean, we still don't know how ghosts are seen. Mm-hmm. There are um, many instances. If you look at some historic building where you'll see a tour group going around, two or three people see um, an anomalous figure, 17 or 18 don't. So we assume when we say somebody saw a ghost that they actually saw it with their eyes, that light from an image passed through their eye into their brain. But I think it's equally possible that we perceive them in an entirely different way. And it may have to do with that individual's brain chemistry. It may have to do with there may be a genetic component, their state of mind, their state of mood. I think that there are a number of conditions that have to align in order for one to perceive a ghost. Otherwise, we'd be sighting them or perceiving them all the time. Exactly. And that, that's the point that I, that I try to get answered is, why doesn't everyone see these ghosts? Why doesn't everyone hear these noises? You know, you, once again, how much of this that is being reported is the desire of the person having the experience, whether or not that experience is true? It's the vast majority of cases, in my opinion. So how do we turn those tables around? How do we get those figures to, to reflect the growing amount of people who may have legitimate sightings or experiences compared to the, sure. you know, the vast majority who do it because they just believe. Like how every kid on earth mm-hmm. or who believes in Santa Claus believes Christmas Eve that Santa Claus is coming. The truth is we don't. You don't have to look too far to see that. I'm sure you'll agree with me, Rob. We're becoming a much more credulous society. We're less willing to ask the hard questions about anything. We're seeing a resurgence of, of scientific. And I, of course, I don't want to get into it yeah. because, quite frankly, I'm sure I'll offend somebody. But whether it's anti-vaccination, mm-hmm. whether it's the flat earth movement, mm-hmm. you know, which we live in an age where we can photograph the earth from space. That's right. And yet there is a strong movement, you know, back towards, it beggars belief in my opinion, you know, and yet people are more willing to believe in in these kind of fringe subjects than ever before. Do you know why? I'm I'm very aware that I may sound like a hypocrite because many people are probably saying the very same thing about me, the man who, the man who chases after ghosts, whatever they may be. Richard, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. I have thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. Thank you very much. It was certainly a challenging uh, conversation. I don't believe in asking easy questions. I noticed. Richard, take care of yourself, and thank you very much for sharing your time with us here on the X-Zone. All right, X-Zone Nation, I'll be back on the other side of the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Once again, Richard Estep was my guest, www.richardestep.net. I'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com.
Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464.